0: Hello and welcome to Be More Super the podcast, I'm Brian your host and yes we've got a great episode this week for you with the wonderful Ian White, the star of Game of Thrones, Alien vs Predator, he's been in Star Wars, Prometheus, it has been in loads of blockbusters so I'm really looking forward to it. And as always this episode is brought to you by the wonderful people at Prop Store of London. Um, Prop store, absolutely amazing place. If you're after screen use props or costumes, head over to their website on propstore.com. And the great news is they've um, reinstated the payment plan. So if you see an item and you think it's a bit too expensive, times are tight at the moment with this crisis, you can actually pay for the items now um, over a period of months. So head over to propstore.com and check them out. So here we go with the next episode with Ian White. Enjoy and remember, please share and subscribe. Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. i in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. In action packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to Are We Alone in the Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. Ian, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Um, I've got to say, I wish it was on uh, Better Times. How are you coping uh, with everything that's going on?
1: Uh, Well, you know, these are difficult and worrying times for everybody. People are losing their lives. People are worried that uh, they may lose loved ones. And to suddenly be thrust into a position where I have to be my son's uh, um, stay-at-home supply teacher is, um, in in context, nothing at all to worry
0: about. And how's he coping with it, being at home? Because I know I've got two little girls, um, and... um, you know, it's difficult to, you know, to not have the news on, um, to obviously educate them on what's going on. How are you coping with that? I mean, what have you done with your son to, to educate him regarding what's going on? Because it's very interesting on how other people are doing it with their kids. Yeah,
1: to be honest, he, um, he's nine years old. Uh, he's uh, taken to it with uh, remarkable maturity. Um, we try to keep a, a some semblance of a routine. Yeah, uh, the school are, are really, really doing a fantastic job of um, providing uh, an online education portal. Yeah, and of course it's f- it's fun as well. And he plays Fortnite with uh, a lot of his oh, awesome. friends.
0: Fortnite. And uh, yeah. we were,
1: you know, we try and you know give him opportunities to go outside, you know, once a day to play cricket on the green or just go for a little jog around the park. But, you know, today was you know remarkable weather for this time of year. You know, it was like a, a nice, beautiful spring day. So we just went down to the uh, park and played cricket.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got to say the um, the majority of people around here, because I'm based in Mansfield, which is mm. near near Nottingham. Uh, for some reason, a lot of the people around here haven't grasped the concept of um, the guidelines uh, here in the UK uh, regarding staying at home uh, and essential travel, uh, which is sli- slightly annoying, um, but unfortunately we're on si- self isolation because my little girl has got a very high fever at the moment, so um, we're self isolated for the next fourteen days. But fingers crossed, uh, you know we'll come out stronger. Uh, the the NHS are doing an absolute stellar job. Uh, my wife's a, a care worker. So um, you know, unfortunately, she's not out out at the moment. Well, it's a good thing, I suppose, because obviously we don't want to spread anything to the elderly. Um, but she's rearing to go back to work, um, dependent on if she can get the appropriate uh, PPE equipment, because there's a shortage of gloves and masks and everything like that. But I'm sure we'll come out stronger. I'm sure.
1: Yes, I agree. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to try and move my chair back so I yeah, can, that's fine. You can see me in the light because they seems to be casting quite a shadow.
0: Well, let's um, I know lighten the mood and um, you know bring a joy to some of the lis- listeners at, at the time that we've we we're in at the moment. So Ian White, uh, star of many many blockbusters uh, and a lot of my favourite favourite. TV programs and films. I actually met you last year um, at the Showmasters Comic Con in Birmingham. Um, you signed my Alien vs. Predator Requiem uh, Cheerback cover, uh, which was awesome. And um, yeah, you stood up for me and took took a picture <laughs> with it, um, which I'm yet to uh, you know frame and put it on the wall. So... Um, you know, for the listeners, um, you've, you've been in, you know, Alien vs. Predator, uh, Solomon Kane, Clash of the Titans, Game of Thrones, Prometheus, which absolutely is a fantastic movie. But you didn't start out in movies. You started out playing basketball, of all things.
1: Uh Well, yeah. You know, I, I played basketball finger for uh, about nine years. Um, I was somewhat of a journeyman around Europe uh, as, a, uh, as a club player. Yeah. Uh, even before that, so I went to America to study at university and played NCAA basketball.
0: And that was in New uh, Jersey, is that right? That
1: was... Um, uh, now, where was it? <laughs> oh, I'm taking <laughs> I you back now. In college in uh, New York, a place called Iona College. Yeah. And then after two years, transferred to a place called Clarion University in deepest, mm-hmm. darkest Pennsylvania.
0: And what and what made you play basketball? Was it your height, or was it just the fact that you know you've always liked basketball?
1: Uh, no, I didn't always like basketball at all. You know, back in the nineteen uh, eighties uh, when I was growing up, basketball was uh, was a foreign language. Um, I played basketball because I was tall, and it got the bullies off my back.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know. I decided- I know you are quite good at it. <laughs> well, ov- ov- well, obviously, you know, you, you you got talent scouted and off to America and all over the uh, Europe um, playing. And then obviously, you came back in 1994 um, and played for the London Towers uh, for a year. And then uh, you switched sides. It's a bit like playing for Tottenham, then Arsenal. You went to play for the uh, London Leopards. Um, which obviously yes, it was exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> made you a lot of fans there, I I, I presume. <laughs> yeah. So so what so what made you um, jump from basketball over to the big screen to acting and 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 that physical work? Um, what 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 made you jump to it?
1: Well, it was simply an opportunity. I I was uh, given an opportunity. The phone rang one day. You know, quite often you hear. Uh, actors say, oh, you know, the phone rang one day or I was in the right place at the right time.
0: Yeah. Literally,
1: it was that the phone rang and it was the secretary of uh, the Newcastle Eagles, uh and She said, listen, we've had a casting director on the phone uh, wants to talk to you about a film project. And my first reaction was, nobody wants to put me in a movie. <laughs> and I said, you're having me on. Give her my phone number and uh, and then I hung up the phone and then five minutes later, Suzanne Smith rang uh, who was the casting director for Alien vs Predator, and she says listen we we want someone like you uh, tall, slim fit, can you come down and audition and That's exactly what I did and it was one of the hottest days of the year. I went to London, small studio near Kings Cross station, yeah, and uh, I put on a wetsuit, a balaclava helmet, uh, a mock-up of the Predator head with uh, big, thick black ropes as uh, as dreadlocks, and then the helmet on over the top. And I was barefoot. And she said, uh, "Okay, start running."
0: That must have been and I so thought, odd.
1: Okay, is that it? <laughs> 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 and about forty-five minutes later, she said, "Okay, you can stop now."
0: <laughs> wow, wow! So literally, the audition process was wearing a wetsuit and running. Um, I mean, yeah, no, what there was no acting think? involved,
1: you know, it was just a case of, are, are you fit enough to pull this off?
0: Yeah, I mean, at that point, when you was in that wet wetsuit, what was going through your mind? I mean, you were playing basketball mo- mo- moments before, and now, and now you're in a wetsuit. I mean, that must have been so surreal.
1: Well, yeah, it was surreal, you know, and it wasn't until about two weeks later that I heard from uh, them again, uh, inviting me to go to Prague. To meet with the uh, the creature of X designers and the, the um, multi award winning Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr. Yeah, and it wasn't until about three weeks after that that I heard from the producer uh, offering me the part. Wow! So yeah, it was a very it was a very surreal moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously you got offered the part. How how did you actually prepare for the part? Uh, because you played quite a few of the predators. Am I right in saying you played all of them?
1: Well, there were a great many, if you want to call them characters, predator characters in the movie. There were there were flashback scenes, and there were three main characters. And all of the body suits were the same for each character. It was just the you know the accoutrement, the the armor, the weaponry, the masks that were different. Yeah. And so, yeah, we uh, I, I got away with playing pretty much all of the characters. That I had uh, help from uh, several body doubles and several stunt doubles when I had to be in uh, different places for different uh, scenes different shoots uh but um i, th- I think at one stage i was a- on the screen about six different times i was on a uh a miniature set yeah <laughs> <laughs> a second unit set a splinter unit set the main unit set and goodness knows what else you know so the, how- the, the way the movie was shot was was just fantastic it was yeah. all action all of the time
0: I mean, how how did you actually prepare for that for that role then? I mean, obviously you've gone from the audition where you're running with a wetsuit, um, and then you get offered the job, and then you go, uh, you know, down to the studios for your first day. Um, were you given directions on, you know, how to, how to act? Because obviously you've done no acting before, or have you done acting before? And and and, you know, it came naturally, or was it a case of you know you were stood there and and they basically told you what to do and you just did it or did, did did you have to attend any workshops beforehand on how they wanted the predator to to move and and be
1: uh in, the easy answer is yes it was all of these things yeah yes there was a sort of workshop with uh Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr they are experts in this field yeah uh, tom is a uh you know a creature effects performer in his own right he was my mentor yeah Uh, if um you know kevin peter hall had been alive for me to ask him questions yes i would have bombarded him with questions but sadly he is not therefore i bombarded tom woodruff jr with all of those questions i went through the original movies yeah frame by frame uh If you can see that, Um, (laughs) frame by frame, uh, you know, trying to extrapolate uh, these, um, you know, nuances of performance that I could incorporate into my own performance. Uh, Yes, there was direction from uh, the director, Paul Anderson, and um, and Barrett Dallari, who was the second unit director. Uh, In terms of my own preparation that I did before going out to Prague to shoot the movie, it was mainly physical, mainly sort of, uh, I know this is going to be heavy work, therefore I need to be in shape.
0: Yeah, of course. I
1: got hold of a – I went down to the local army surplus shop and bought a combat vest and filled the pockets full of bricks. (laughs) And, and you made got... my own weighted shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was the suit like to wear? Because it looks heavy. It looks uncomfortable. I mean, I've watched footage of the making of Alien vs. Predator. And it looked very uncomfortable, especially around the neck region. <laughs> um... Well,
1: No, it wasn't uncomfortable. I mean, these things are bespoke items. They're made to fit me. So, yeah. you know, they're made to accommodate a performance um in terms of the weight, yes, I mean if you compare this suit from alien versus predator to the original uh, uh costume, it is much much bigger, much much bulkier yeah, they wanted to sort of get a uh, the idea of um sort of uh, juvenile predators who are you know who have been training for this uh, this rite of passage uh so they were they were very muscular yeah the Armor pieces and the weaponry that went on over the top obviously made it even bigger, and yes, that uh, you know that that material does have substance does have weight to it,
0: yeah, yeah, because um, I read somewhere that um exactly that that you know it had some weight to it, and you had to go away and and bulk up a bit to to handle that weight and the moving around uh correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, this is what I've read on the internet, but we all know that it is not always true on the internet. Um, but yeah, I mean, how long was the process of getting ready in one, one, one of the suits? Was it just literally the bodysuit on? And then obviously the armor, was it a quick pro- process or was it quite le- you know, lengthy from start to finish?
1: Well, you know, the story of a shooting day <coughs> is, is thus we would, we would arrive on set about six o'clock in the morning, yep. uh, have breakfast it. Uh, it was about a ninety-minute uh, dress process to be fully dressed to go in front of the camera, and then once you're in it, you know, except for you know the mask and the head, which can come off, you know, between uh, between scenes or gloves for 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 lunch. You know, apart from those things, you're in the costume all day.
0: Yeah. So was it anyway. quite was, was it quite warm? <laughs> I'm not going to ask you how did you go to the toilet. I'm sure you've been asked that so many times.
1: Uh, know, they're not animals, you know. The designers you know, provision is made for this.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, did you keep anything from the Predator movies? No, Just-
1: no. I'm am t- terrible at uh, at um, you know keeping souvenirs from things and. Um, it's quite difficult these days now because everything is accounted for, yeah, and uh, you know as an asset, so you're not really allowed to take um, uh, souvenirs. But I did ask Tom Woodruff once if I could take a souvenir, yeah, and uh, I don't know if you remember the movie. Uh, the yeah. character has this amazing ornate uh, dagger which he keeps on his uh, on his shin, yeah, and uh, I said, listen, Tom i really love to, you know, these are beautiful pieces. I'd love to have one as a souvenir. And he turned to me and says, yeah, we'd love to give you one as a souvenir. unfortunately, they've all been stolen. We have one left, <laughs> and we've got to take it back to the studio so we can recast some more.
0: <laughs> and they're currently on sale right now. <laughs> Is there any funny stories about when you was, um, you know, making Alien vs. Predator and the sec- second one that comes comes to mind? Any, any stories that... that you know made you laugh or any moments that you were really proud of during the filming
1: oh you know there were moments you know every single day was a you know was a moment this you know it's really really hard work making these action monster movies and you can't get through it with your own sanity unless you know unless you make light of of moments yeah but such a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> was it fourteen? Quite a full <laughs> what
0: what, what day was it? Two th- well, it it was fourteen years after the Predator two movie that you made, Alien vs. Predator. We started um,
1: shooting the first one in two thousand and three. Right, so yeah, quite a few years. Two thousand and four, and Requiem we started shooting in two thousand and six, and I think it was
0: released in two thousand and seven
1: and
0: You know, life goes on. A lot it of does. Happens. It does. Happened in life since then. <laughs> I, I mean, the thing is, I've noticed that on the the filming of of Alien versus Predator, there is a lot of green screen, and uh, but the sets look absolutely amazing. Um, when you finished filming and you saw the movie movie for the first time, what were your thoughts? Were you blown away? We did you think, wow? Yeah, I was really
1: impressed. I thought, yeah, it's actually a pretty good film. You know, I've only seen it once or twice since.
0: Yeah. Is, uh, is, is that because you don't like watching yourself or is it you, you're too critical or is no, it just No, it's time? because
1: <laughs> th- I've got way too much else to do with my life, to be honest. You know, I, I'm I'm working on on I'm, I'm working on projects. I was working on some projects. You. You, know? <laughs> yes. you will do I'm, again. You trying... will
0: do again i'm also awfully
1: you know uh, always doing research and you know i have a family and that there are things that i like to watch other than myself
0: i like to watch
1: i like like to watch other actors act i like to watch other artists do art
0: you know and what's your favorite thing on tv at the moment what do you like watching (laughs) just out of curiosity because you said you like to watch watch things what's your favorite show at the moment
1: over the last couple of weeks, I haven't actually had an awful lot of time right. to watch anything that I like. Um, my son has very good taste. Uh, he uh, he watches um, Henry Danger. Right, okay. And, uh, and Lab Rats. Which right. <laughs> sound terrible, but I actually really, really could.
0: Get on Fortnite, son, so I can have the TV. Yes, <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, no, I mean, the last really, really great thing that I saw on TV... Uh, Mm, it's 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 difficult because there is so much content being produced for TV right now. Yeah, and um, I mean, you know, I mean, this is the perfect. I sound. like dramas. I really, yeah? really like dramas. I really, really like watching the old masters. I really love watching, uh, you know, things like uh, Steve McQueen or
0: oh, Legend,
1: or um, uh, Christopher Lee, or yeah. you know, the old greats.
0: Yeah. And talk it, talking about greats, um, you know, you was in Prometheus, uh, directed by Ridley Scott, the man himself. Um, it's quite funny, because when you talked about things getting going missing, like props, um, I was just at Prop Store of London, which is a com- company in the UK that, that sell screen-use props. But don't worry, there weren't any daggers there. <laughs> so put your mind at rest. But there was a Prometheus health pod, and they've actually got a coffee machine from Prometheus, from the actual uh, the the ship, and they've turned it into an actual proper coffee coffee machine. So when I was there, I was having a cup of coffee from the <laughs> machine from Prometheus. But what was it like being around the best makeup artists in the business? I mean, in, in Prometheus, you looked awesome, absolutely amazing, you know, in that opening sequence um, in Prometheus and just the makeup that you was in was just flawless I mean what's, what's it like sitting there and being worked on by the, the best in the business
1: well uh, Conor <laughs> O'Sullivan who is the man you were referring to yeah. uh, who's the best in the business um, we had worked together on Class of the Titans and Game of Thrones and when Prometheus came around he said listen we're doing these tests for Ridley Scott and if it goes well Will um, you know? We'll make sure that you know you're included in the film. And we did we did uh, a uh, a full body makeup test. I say a full body. It was um, a full torso makeup test uh, for that scene that you were talking about the opening the, the, the opening sequence. Yeah. And because the the uh, the material was so heavy and there was so much of it, they figured out that that would make it a lot easier for the performer and the makeup team uh, who were going to do the makeup. And in fact, in that scene, there were actually two teams, a team to put it on and a team to take it off. Then it would be an awful lot easier if they put it on somebody smaller. Right. So that scene that you're referring to, where the engineer makes the, uh, the ultimate sacrifice, as it were, to seed life to the planet yeah it's the scene i auditioned for the casting director but it's the only scene the only engineer scene in the film that i didn't actually do what? <laughs> Oh no!
0: it's
1: just it's a guy i forget his name um, i bet it was really, really nice guy and he's <laughs> he's nowhere near as tall as i am but you <laughs> <laughs> see in the original script the uh there were you know elder characters in that scene yeah and there were you know other characters and there was this you know it was a really reverential scene that this guy had been chosen to uh, to make the ultimate sacrifice to as i said seed life to this planet and uh, they were you know they offered him the you know the uh, the goo in the uh, in the box and then departed in the spacecraft and left him there alone and there's supposed to be all these other characters and all this stuff going on in this scene and in the end it's just this guy, this actor, <laughs> alone on top of a mountain in Iceland,
0: have, and that's it. <laughs> have, you, have you had to explain that to many people? I have. Oh, yes. bless you. I do apologise, <laughs> and
1: I will continue to do so because, after all, I'm honest about these things. Of course, no, it's
0: a good policy. Um, I mean, not a lot of people can say that being directed by Rid- Ridley Scott. Uh, I'm sure of- a
1: great many people can, actually. Well,
0: He's made a lot of films. Well, yeah, but I mean my next door neighbour might not have. <laughs> but um but I mean what, what, what was it like being directed by him? I mean, obviously you would have been aware of his work beforehand. Uh yes. did, did he come across as, as, as nice? Was he you know quite straightforward you know, straight down 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 the line, or was he fun? Um or was he horrible? No, 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 You know,
1: the thing about working with someone like this guy is you don't know you've been directed by
0: yeah
1: I mean he's a really lovely guy you know we talk about rugby and wine and things yeah. and life and I like to I like to quote um, Omid Jalali I was reading an article uh, about Omid Jalali who was in uh, Gladiator
0: yeah
1: and uh, you know he was really he was telling the the, the, the uh, uh, journalist about how much he would really nervous about uh, 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 working with Rudy Scott on, on Gladiator and uh, he was chatting to one of the other actors and they said you're here you're in the film you don't need to be directed
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 oh bless you That you know <laughs> I mean I, yeah I suppose we're working on, on the films I suppose you know directors are there just to guide you I suppose in their direction uh, to make an, a glorious film, and Prometheus is one of my best best films that I, I watch. I, I just think it's fantastic. I can't wait for the kids to be older to start appreciating, because at the moment they're watching the Goonies, they're watching you know the films that you know I watched when I was a kid. Um, so I can't wait till they get a bit whole, whole, older. I presume with your nine-year-old, um, does he know that Daddy is uh, the Predator? Oh, oh yes does yes. he
1: Good oh man. yes he's totally into all this sort of thing you know because you know he's been into star wars and uh, he's watched clash of the titans yeah he hasn't watched prometheus yet wow um, Funnily enough i was just downstairs and uh, a commercial came on for um alien covenant which yep. is, is is being aired on television uh, this weekend and my wife said oh i haven't seen that one <laughs> and of course, my son pricked up his ears thinking, ooh, maybe I'll get a chance to see it. I was thinking,
0: no, no, not, maybe not. no maybe not. yet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. In a few years. In, 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 in a few years. And then we move on from, uh, you know, Prometheus. Uh, and you, then you appear in one of the – probably going to – it's going to make his, history. And, in, in, you know, people are going to be watching it for years, binge-watching it, the good old Game of Thrones, which you've uh, been it's... in every single season um you've you've played three characters um as such well actually more um in in Game of Thrones um you know what's your favorite memory of being on that show because you was on it from the start to 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 the end I mean I mean was you in Belfast the entire time um because obviously they filmed all over the world uh was it all in Belfast for you
1: Mostly, except season three. Season three uh, is when we started to see the giants.
0: Yeah,
1: and we get our first glimpse of Jon Snow. who gets his first glimpse of the uh, of these enigmatic, um, you know, wildling characters. Yeah, and the first shots we shot were in Iceland because most of series three was shot on location, right in Iceland. And um, ironically, the, uh, the close-ups were shot in Iceland, a lovely place called Lake Mivat, which is beautiful in winter or in summer. doesn't matter when you go to see it. Yeah. But Iceland is, is such a beautiful country, you know, it's, and it's two separate countries. It's a different country in the winter and a different country in the summer because it changes colour. It yeah. changes colour completely. Uh, but obviously, we were in November, um, at the end of November we uh, arrived uh, at a little place called um, uh, Akweri in the north of the country uh, about about an hour and a half away from Lake Mivat, and uh, they just had about six feet of snow and we was totally snowed in in this place called Aquari so I was with one of the other actors a guy called um, uh, Edward Dogliani who played uh, Lord of Bones in series three
0: yeah
1: so we said, well, what, what are we going to do? We'll just go out, meet some locals, have some to eat, you know, a few drinks. And uh, we were basically kind of like unofficially adopted by the people of, of Akueri for about 24 hours. Awesome. Until the until snowplows cleared the roads and production could, uh, could send um, uh, some transport to come and pick us up. And we were staying in this hotel. And uh, we just got the phone call saying, Listen, good news. The snowplows are getting through the roads now, and we're sending uh, some vehicles down to pick you guys up, and some uh, stunt guys, and some other people that are trapped in the town. I was like, Great. Right. So we're all ready. And we're in the bar, having a drink, and watching again football on TV. And uh, this lady walks past, very well spoken lady. Yes. And uh, she she says, She stops and looks at us says, you, you men, what are you doing? And we looked at each other and think, well, <laughs> we're having a drink, um, watching, <laughs> watching Game of Football. She said, no, 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 no. I mean, what are you doing in Iceland? I said, ah, oh, well, we're, we're, we're making a TV show called Game of Thrones. Perhaps you've heard of it. She said, oh, yes, yes, Game of Thrones. Yes, I've heard of this. She said, well, if there's anything you need, just let me know. And she walked off. And we looked at each other and uh, thought, what do you think she meant about that?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she came back to the bar a few months later. And it was said, um, and my friend uh, Edward uh, said, um, excuse me, what did you mean by if there's anything that you could do? And she said, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'm always doing this. I didn't introduce myself properly. My husband is the president.
0: Wow! And we looked
1: and we looked at each other again, and then looked back at her and said, "President of what?" And she beamed gleefully from ear to ear and said, "Iceland." <laughs> Would you like to meet him? And we said, "Yeah, of course." So she took us back into this into the restaurant of this hotel, and there, in the corner of the restaurant, is the president of Iceland. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, my God, that's awesome. Uh, so, I gather you had lots of fun. I mean, the cast, there's an enormous amount of cast in, in Game of Thrones. It's like literally thousands of, pe- uh, of people on, on on the show. Um, I mean, you play all these characters. I mean, you, you know, you White Walker, Gregor, Dongo the Giant, One One. Um, you know, which character did you have the most fun playing because I know that obviously Gregor was a nasty piece of work, uh, but which character did you have the most fun? Yeah,
1: you're right. Gregor was a nasty piece of work. (laughs) But even so, that scene with Charles Dance was just amazing fun. I mean, he's just an absolute master. (laughs) But the most, uh, I mean, the character which has the most of me in it is 1-1, obviously. Because it was the first time, the first time we see him is the first time we actually see these characters display any kind of humanity right and he has a story arc yeah you know, he has made he, you know he has been saved from the you know the onslaught of the uh, the undead army by john snow
0: yeah.
1: and he owes him a debt he owes him a life debt and he ultimately pays you know you know sacrifices his own life for john snow so John So can get his castle back.
0: Yeah. And, very, you know, very sad. Moment. It's, it's <laughs> very a very powerful moment. it's a very
1: powerful story arc for him. <laughs> no,
0: forget every everyone else. When one one died, I was like distraught. I was like, all oh, them arrows, it was like
1: I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about it. We watched, I was watching it with my wife, and my wife looked at her, you know, at social media and says, Um, you, you should look at your Twitter and right now. I was like, shut up, what's going on? So, <laughs> so what? You, did, you didn't you know were that you're gonna me
0: die? Saying, oh my god, I can't believe you're dead. So how did they do that then, without you knowing? If was that, I mean, surely you were there when? Oh no, I, mean, I knew oh, that
1: I died. Okay, I, but I, okay. Did, I didn't know <laughs> how popular a character he was oh, until wow. until he died. I, I just had no idea.
0: Oh, it was very very sad. But I mean, how did they do it? How did they make you so big? You know, was it a, a case of green screen, or, or was it just camera angles uh, at certain points? I mean yeah once again
1: it's a combination of all, uh, of all these things. Yeah. In a nutshell in a nutshell the scene is shot in two separate parts. All the human elements are shot first. Anything that has the stars in it, uh horses, battles, everything like that, all the action is shot first.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, and then when they've got the edit down, when they know exactly how they're going to edit the scene, yeah. I come in and I shoot my bits. And overlay my performance on top of everything that has uh that has happened now there are some cases where you get you, you have to have um some of the characters looking up at the at the giant so there's a guy with a with a tennis ball and a
0: sixteen foot
1: tall <laughs> yeah. pole holding it in the air just to get the eye lines but most of my you know I'm spared all the blood in the mud and the uh and everything, and the cold, I've got my own set of problems to deal with. You know, to be fair, you know, most of the scenes that we did as, as one one, and most of the other giants, up until series seven. Yeah. I would go into the studio November, December time. Okay. So it's cold in Belfast, November, December time. And, you know, Titanic Studios, quite a, quite a drafty place. And so the, The giant costumes were kind of a godsend because they were their own little microclimate, you know, regardless of how much action you're doing. Except Series 8. Series 8 was the first time in my entire career I've had to use a cool suit. Right. Because we shot these scenes in June. In the hottest heat wave that Belfast has seen in 20 years.
0: (laughs) oh no oh no but I've got to say do you know what your 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 son must must be so popular at school he <laughs> r- must be really really popular because it's like what does your dad do well my dad drives trains <laughs> and then well my dad's been blah 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 um, I mean out of all the projects that you've worked on uh, Game of Thrones Prometheus Star Wars Harry Potter I mean I could spend half an hour going through them now but I won't um <laughs> Which project, you know, is your proudest moment? You know, the one that is going to stick with you, and uh, you know, the thing that y- you know you're the proudest of of, of doing. Uh, you know, it's, it's
1: an impossible question. I can't just pick one because they they are they are also special for so many different reasons. You know, Alien versus Predator was my first
0: movie. Yeah.
1: Um, Harry Potter, in, 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 in terms of um, coolness for my you know for my son in the playground it's harry potter because quite often i get some of the other mums and dads coming up to me saying oh my god we were at harry potter world at the weekend and, and we saw your we saw your mask which is an exhibit in the museum and it's absolutely fantastic and that that puts a smile on my face that really does but you know um Working with Ridley Scott, obviously, is, is, a, is a standout moment. And um, Clash of the Titans. Clash oh. of the Titans was, hey, Oh, Sorry, was sorry. That is, That's that is, amazing. That is my
0: cat called Clark. He's like a, <laughs> he's a little, little, little kitten, so he's going all it's over the place right now. It's not a proper
1: podcast unless a cat oh, gets
0: Exactly. Right I've got four, <laughs> so really, it's lucky we've only had one. <laughs> you know, Clash of the Titans.
1: Clash of the Titans was an amazing, sociable film. You know, yeah. I, I like to refer to it as the last sociable movie, because I mean we were on location all the time. got these amazing uh, a list actors: Mads Mikkelsen, uh, um, Sam, Worthington, uh, Liam, yeah. Sam Worthington, Liam Sam Worthington, Cunningham, obviously from Game of Thrones as well. Yeah, uh, uh, you know all these amazing actors. And we were just in each other's po- pockets the whole time, and it was a, just a fantastic ensemble piece. Uh, Gemma Arterton, who's just an absolute angel, you know. And it was just amazing to be working with such a fantastic ensemble cast. Um, Game of Thrones is, you know, was for eight years the most popular TV show on in the world. It's impossible to pick to pick a project because I'm working on projects now, which uh, to me are. You know equally as important.
0: Yeah, I mean, what do you think this um, this situation's going to have on Hollywood um, regarding you know films being made? Because I know that a lot of films now are being shown um, on on demand that should be in the cinemas, yeah. and I hear a lot of people complaining that they've got to pay fifteen pounds to watch a film that should be in the cinema, which I think's well, to be honest, I've commented quite a lot that, you know, people need to realise that these studios have invested millions and millions of pounds and the fact that no one's going to the cinema is going to have a knock-on effect. I mean, what what do you think the effect's going to be in regards to yourself in the way of being an actor, um, you know, with the stu- stu- studios um, going forward?
1: The truth is we don't know what the effect is going to be. Um Yeah. The investment. The investment has been made. I mean, I've had, th- I've got three projects on the go now. One Excellent. that I was due to finish, which has been postponed. One that I was about to start this week, which has been postponed, and another one, a little bit further down the line, which obviously has been postponed. But they didn't have a schedule, uh, a confirmed schedule.
0: Yeah.
1: At the time, but the investments have been made, so they are postponed. They're not cancelled.
0: Mm
1: and it's the same across the world. You know, Netflix has has uh, postponed all of their productions at the moment. You know, but so much content is being created. Mm. It's this is a temporary this is a temporary situation.
0: Of course it is, yeah.
1: Admittedly, you know, the coronavirus is here to stay. Yeah. It's in the background now. It's going to be part of our lives like flu.
0: Yeah.
1: But the situation that we find ourselves in now this this extreme uh situation of you know self-isolation social distancing happy medium between the two is is only a temporary situation no matter how long it may last it isn't going to be forever content is still going to be created i worked on a fantastic unbelievable tv production last year called uh, brave new world which is due out this summer. Um, I also did a uh, lovely little horror movie called The Reckoning for director Neil Marshall, starring a fantastic actress called Charlotte Kirk, who you will hear a lot of after uh, this film is out, because yeah. she's absolutely incredible. Uh, these things are due for release this year, so stuff is will be released. Yeah. And it's only a matter of time until the pipeline fills up again.
0: Yeah, wise words. I mean, the thing is, we just need to stay strong and to uh, uh, you know quarantine, uh, you know, and hope, hopefully it will go away very, very soon. But yeah, you're right. It's always going gonna, to gonna be there. It's something that's affected us world worldwide. Uh, we just need to be positive and. When we're bored at home, uh, we should get the kids on Fortnite and get the uh, <laughs> Alien vs. Predator uh, and Prometheus films out and give them a good old watch. Uh, Ian, thank you so, so much for coming onto the podcast. Uh, it's been a great honour and it was lovely to meet you last year. I've got to say, uh, out of all the guests at the convention, you were the most friendliest. Not saying they weren't friendly. Um, that's very kind but, of you to say but you know it's, it's very it's very nice to actually speak to someone in length that, that you've met for a few minutes um, especially when you've been involved in so many films that that I love myself and uh, you know thank you um, so that that is the end of the interview thank you so much Ian
1: well thank you it's been a pleasure talking to you